0: Welcome back to Axiom Youth Podcast. This lesson is entitled Prayer and it's being taught by Brother Jared Turner. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Youth group needs to know when the presence of the Lord is in the place. And we need to be sensitive and we need to be aware of the presence of the Lord. And we need to be able to have God's presence for real in our youth services and not just say it. Because you can say it all day long. But you know what? That's not going to help visitors that come in is just saying the presence of the Lord is here. They need to know. They cannot take our word for it. They've got to feel it. Right, And you've got to feel it in your life. And if you're going to witness to your family and to your friends, there's got to be something about your life that is distinct. And there's got to be something about your life that can be felt. Right? That's what I'm talking about. So we need to know. We need to think about. We need to have it in our minds and in our hearts how we need to know how we can feel the presence of, of the Lord we need to know what the method of prayer is we need to know what the formula is we need to know how we can grow accustomed right to feeling the presence of the Lord because prayer matters the importance of prayer is that you need to be familiar with the presence of the Lord you need to know what it feels like to be in his presence because really that's what changes you really that's what's going to work on your life that's why it's important to pray so the point number 1 right point number 1 in the importance of prayer is that people that are sincerely praying do not backslide people that are sincerely praying make it to heaven not because not because god rewards prayer Not because God uh, looks down and sees how righteous you are and how much time you spend in prayer and He rewards you with a Chuck E. Cheese golden ticket to heaven, right? Or the 10,000 ticket pass, right, to go in and get the big giant stuffed teddy bear that you never thought you could win, right? But you hit the jackpot because you put in enough hours of prayer or you did enough penance or you did enough stuff to earn your way. That's not what prayer is, but it is truly knowing God and people who know the Lord, know how to please Him, know how to live for Him, know how to be witnesses, know how to reach out to their family and to their friends who know how to make it through hardship and struggle and temptation and pain and hurt. You've got to know how to pray because you can backslide on the praise team. You can even backslide from the pulpit. You can backslide from being a worship leader. You can backslide from the choir. You can backslide looking so holy and righteous. You can backslide being a witness. You can backslide no matter what you're doing, but you're going to find it very difficult to heaven to lose out with God, to do something that destroys your life if you are actually bringing your heart to God in prayer. It's going to be very, very difficult for you. But the problem is, is we give lip service to prayer. We give lip service to feeling the presence of the Lord. But we oftentimes don't do it. And that is when the issue comes. That's when the problem comes. That's when something comes into our life that begins to drag us down and pull us away from the person that God wants us to be. That's when lies can enter into your life because prayer has a way of rooting out the lies that the world whispers to you, that the world tells you. Prayer has a way of speaking to you. Why? Because when you pray, When you really bring your heart to God, then something can happen where the presence of the Lord can really move into your life and move into your heart. And it can begin to touch you and begin to change. you. They said it on the podcast, right? The presence of the Lord is what changes us. I believe that I agree with that. I agree with that. Those words that the presence of the Lord changes us. But we've got to know, Brother Caleb, we just can't give lip service to the presence of the Lord. We can't just take it for granted that if we come and we sit on a pew that we've experienced the presence of the Lord. Because that's really not what changes you. The presence of the Lord in a service doesn't change you. The presence of the Lord at NAYC doesn't really change you. The presence of the Lord circling a building. Because God is everywhere. So His presence just here doesn't really change you. But what changes you is when you become aware of His presence. What changes you is when something begins to work and move in your life. So you can be at a conference, right, where the presence of the Lord is touching your neighbor, but it's not doing anything to you. Why? Because you're not aware. You're there, right, and it's going on, and it's happening, and things are going. The music's great, and you got no complaints. Everything's awesome, but yet nothing happens in your heart, right? So we put a lot of emphasis on altar calls and on, on great services, and that's good, and we need to because services can help you. But what do they help Help you do services and conferences help you focus in and music and altar calls and that kind of stuff. Help you focus in so that you can pray. Because prayer is really what connects you with God. It's not just that you made it to NAYC, but it's that you're there and something gets a hold of you in the sermon or something starts to pull up in your heart and you decide, I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to open up myself to God. And then that's when the presence of God comes. That's why it's important to pray because you're never going to get the Holy Ghost if you don't pray. You're never going to get forgiveness of sins if you don't pray. You're never going to make it to heaven if you don't pray. You've got to pray. It doesn't matter. You can sit and sit and sit and sit on a pew and never do anything if you don't pray. So now, so now think about this. Think about the power. This is I'm still on point number one. The importance of prayer. Think about this. I want you to think about it. Now, if that's true, right? And I think you believe me that it's true that you've got to pray. You can't just show up. Right? You can't just show up to HYC, sleep in a hotel bed, and eat pizza, and God change your life. At some point, you've got to pray. At some point, you've got to come down to the altar. You've got to kind of block out what your friends are doing. And you've got to close your eyes or whatever you do. Look at the ceiling. Lift your hands. Begin to speak. Begin to cry out to God. Begin to ask Him for some things. And we're going to get there. We're going to talk about that. But at some point, you've got to have to pray before God works in your life. At some point, you're going to have to talk to Him. Because it's not enough to be in the building. Right? You've got to be in the presence of God. So now if that's true, if you believe me, think how much more powerful and how much you could leverage the power of God in your life if you learned to do what you do at NAYC without all the expense and all the time and all the travel and all the music and all the great preachers. If you could learn to do what you do in those altars in your bedroom, think of the power that you could leverage. Think of the anointing that could come into your life. Why? Because you don't need any of that other stuff. It's just that our culture is so loud and the TV and the and the iPhone and the Netflix is just beating, drum beating and just pounding on your life and on your heart so much that it takes a lot of noise and it takes a lot of graphics and it takes a lot of music to get a hold of a young person today just to get them to pray for 30 seconds. And that's really all it takes is about 30 seconds of real prayer for then the power of the Holy Ghost. God's been looking down and he's been saying, if you just turn your attention to me and so we spend thousands of dollars and we take it in AYC and we shut down everything else and we listen to good music and we are with good friends and we have a good environment and we do all of that for 30 seconds for you just to say, God, I think I really do need you. And then all of a sudden the presence of the Lord is there. And he said, yes, that's what I've been waiting on. Yes, that's what I've been looking for. And then all of a sudden you begin to feel the real presence of God. Not because Brother Jared says, oh, the presence of Of the Lord is in this place. But because you. On the inside of your heart say. The presence of the Lord. Is beginning to fill this place. It's beginning to fill my life. It's beginning to touch me. It's beginning to change me. It's beginning to work on me. That's why we do that, for those 30 seconds, so that God can move in. And before you know it, it's been 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, and you're not worried about where your phone's at. You're not worried about what your friends are doing. Why? Because you've made it into the presence of the Lord. You've made it. It's what you've been waiting on. It's what your soul longs for. It's what you've been looking for and all that other junk and stuff that this world tells you will make you feel satisfied and happy. You've made it because you feel the presence of the Lord. You feel Him. You feel His presence. And you just, yes, that's what I've been waiting on. That's what I've been waiting There's the peace that I've been looking for. There's the joy that I've been looking for. There's the hope that I've been looking for. There it is. I found it. I found it. Now think of that power and that anointing and think that it's available to you on a Tuesday evening when you get home from school and you go into your room. That same presence is available to you. And think of the Christian that you could be if you tap into that presence. If you tap into that power. Not where you need somebody to say, oh, the presence of the Lord is here in this closet right now. Right, whoa, right now, you know. The presence of the Lord is just floating through here. You don't need anybody to tell you that when you really get a hold of the presence of the Lord. When you really feel Him. You know, it's not going to matter where you're at. Right, you're just going to know. Something's different here. Something's different here I've Feel the presence of the Lord. And it can't just be lip service and it can't just be now I lay me down to sleep and, and do a little something, something before bed, and, and just kind of assuage your conscience because God's not rewarding you for time spent. God wants a relationship with you. God doesn't it doesn't care if you spend two hours doing some sort of sign or, or you know, you know, rubbing some sort of necklace or humming some sort of song. It's now God's not rewarding you for giving more time to Him. God's saying if you just give me just a little bit of your time, I would make it worth it for you. I would make it worth it for you. I'm not trying to see. Would you give me an hour? Would you and I, I. Let me just tell you: as you grow in maturity, there's a there's something to sacrificing time for the Lord. There's something to praying longer and sacrificing to God. But I'm not saying that's not what that's not the point. Right? That's not the that's not the main reason God's wanting prayer. God wants relationship with you, but He wants you to want it. That's why prayer is important. That's why prayer is important. Say, say, Brother Jared, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't know. I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't know what I'm supposed to. I don't I don't have the words. Right? I, I don't I don't have the words for prayer. And so this is where we're going to come to a method of prayer. This is point number two. A method of prayer. Because I feel you. I, I, I really think that. Maybe you don't, there are some times when you feel like you don't have the words for prayer. And you want to pray, but yet, just realistically speaking, sometimes the words fall short. And I was reminded of this and the power of this Sunday night when Brother Isaacson challenged us as a youth group to memorize Psalms chapter 119, verse 10. Somebody can quote it. Go ahead.
1: Maybe oh, give him the first.
0: No no no, 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 I got it, I got it. I have sought thee with thy open heart, holy, and thy wonder from thy commandments. From thy commandments. Very good. Did he get it right, Sammy Joe? No. 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 <laughs> no. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> <not just about, laughs> yeah, talking to the Bible quizzer there. With. with. <laughs> With. Well, Caleb, you got it pretty close. I mean, whew, this isn't nationals. Now, nationals, that'd be incorrect, but this isn't nationals. But what it reminded me was something that I learned in Bible school. And with Brother Isaacson's challenge, I've been doing this a little more. And it And then it also coincides with our word before world, that if you are lacking, this is a method of prayer. It's not the only way to pray. But let me tell you, if you are lacking the words, if you if you are lacking the um, thought process for just a minute and you need something to help you and you need something to get you going, you can pray what's in this book right here. You can and if, and and let me tell you something, if you're having trouble reading your Bible. You, this kind of kills two birds with one stone. Because it makes this book come alive to you in a new way. It helps you to connect with God because His Word is anointed. And let me just tell you something. And I thought about this last night as I was preparing for this lesson. If you, if you now we have doing our Word Before World, and if you can find a little time to read one chapter of the Bible a day, and, and you not just read it to get through it and just hurry and rush. And, and I understand you don't need a lot of time for this. But if you just can just look at that verse of Scripture that you're supposed to read. And you can read it out loud. And you can think, Lord, I'm going to pray my way through this Scripture. I'm going to pray my way through these verses. I promise you those verses will come alive to you in a new way. And also when you, let me just let me just challenge you for a minute. Let me just give you like a dare. I dare you to spend time honoring God's word and reading it out loud and not let it affect your heart. I dare you to do that. I dare you to sit down sincerely, open up that Bible and say, "God, I'm just going to pray my way through these 10 verses and not let it affect your heart and not let it affect your heart. And I got to thinking about the power of words, you know, through every massive point of human history, there has been somebody that has been speaking. There has been somebody that stood and that gave a speech that lasted forever. Words are powerful. But think about how powerful God is and now combine the power of words with God's unlimited power power and don't you think that God's words have power and when God begins to speak i mean i i bring it back to my very first sermon that i ever preached as a 12 year old it was about 36 seconds long i think that the power of the word of God created everything that is it got by the word of God everything came forth everything that you see the trees sprung up the wa- the oceans formed the land birds filled the sky, fish filled the sea, animals walked on land at the word of God. That's how powerful it is. So you spend about 30 seconds out loud with the word of God, with your heart engaged, saying, God, I just want to know you. I just want you to help me. And you may not understand everything that you're reading, but I promise you, young people, I dare you. I double dog dare you to try to do that without fear feeling the presence of God without all of a sudden something start moving in the atmosphere of that little room or that little place that you've set up to just give a little time and a little devotion to God and you say God I'm just going to honor your word and I started thinking about that and I started turning to some of my favorite portions of scripture you know what brother Thomas I couldn't get a couple lines in before I began to just feel the presence of the Lord just move in my home right there nobody else was around nobody was telling me here's the presence of the Lord but I started thinking about how thankful I was for the Holy Ghost. So I turned to Acts chapter 2 and on the day of Pentecost when it was fully come and before I got there I was feeling the presence of the Lord because I was so thankful for what God had done for me. And I just thought, Lord, I'm thankful that you filled people with the Holy Ghost. So I tried it. I know 1 Corinthians is not the easiest book. So I opened up to the today's reading, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and I just started reading through and I just started saying, Lord, I want to help these young people People know how to read your word better I want to help these people young people know how to pray better and not everything you're going to understand let me just tell you you're not going to understand everything if you're walking through first Corinthians with us in the word before world you're not going to understand everything but let me tell you as you read along and as you give honor God's word when something jumps out at you right I want you to pray about it I want you to say Lord I understand this part I don't understand a lot but I understand this part and I want you to help me apply it to my life so I got to uh, chapter 3 verse number one and I my brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal even as unto babes in Christ I have fed you with milk and not with meat for hitherto ye were not able to bear it neither yet are ye now so I didn't know exactly what that means let me just be honest with you I mean I think I got a little better grasp but, but I thought about you I tried to put myself back in teenager Jared I don't know at all what that means I don't know what the meek, the meat and the milk of the word is but I just know that there's some people that could have more of God. And yet they choose not to. So I say, God, I don't want to be in the category of people that could have more, but they don't. And I just begin to pray, God, help me have more. Help me. Lord, if there's a category of people that could have more and that don't, I don't want to be in that category. I want to be in the category that has everything you can give me, God. I want to be in the category that can really see revival. I want to be in the category that can really see my family transform. God, if you if you really have power, I want it. Right? I don't want to be in this thing halfway. That's what I started praying. I don't understand all the depth and the- theology, but I just begin to pray that. And let me tell you something, young person. You pray that very long with a sincere heart. Lord, I don't want to be carnal. Lord, I, want to- I don't understand what carnal and uncarnal means, but I just know I don't want to be carnal. Right? We can-, we can iron all that out, what holiness means and all that stuff. But you say, God, I want to be holy. God, I want to be holy. God, I want to be holy. And you can't pray that very long without the presence of the Lord beginning to answer you. Right? And you just give honor to God's word. And then all of a sudden, here comes God's presence. All of a sudden, here it comes, just touching you. And so I just kept, God, don't let me be carnal. God. And I, and I know what that means. But let me tell you, even if you don't really know what that means, and you just say, God, it doesn't sound very good. I don't know what carnal means. And you you can stop looking at the dictionary if you want to, but you don't even have to. You say, I don't know what carnal means, but it sounds like it's not good. So I don't want to be carnal. Lord, help me not to be carnal. Help me to know what that means. I don't know. Help me to see it on my day-to-day life. You guys understand what I'm saying? We're just three verses in to this and all of a sudden the Bible is coming alive to you and all of a sudden look you've got something to pray about you no more do you sit there in silence staring at the wall saying God what do I find the words to say God's given you the words to say and all of a sudden it engages your heart for with one saith I am of Paul and of another I am of Apollos are ye not carnal who then is of Paul and Apollos uh, but ministers by whom he believed even as the Lord gave to every man I have planted Apollos watered but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth, uh, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Uh, I don't know a lot what's going on there, but I know that God can give an increase. Uh, I know that God can bless me. I know that it's God that's in control of the blessings on my life. So God, I want your blessing in my life. Uh, right? It's not, it doesn't matter too much uh, what I think of you. It doesn't matter too much what Brother Isaacson thinks of you. Although we love you and we're trying to help you, but you can't, you can fool us, right? but you can't fool God because God's the one that pours it out it doesn't matter where you come from it doesn't matter what you look like God's the one that controls that pours it out right and I'm not here to preach but that's what I I thought Lord how are these young people going to understand this big old passage of scripture that's talking about not being too political and not following after some celebrity preacher and all that stuff are they going to catch it right you may not catch all of that but all you need to know is that God gives increase and you say God I want you Lord just to come down and increase my life And mean it with a heart. God, I want you to increase my relationship with you. Lord, I want you to save my family. I want you to save my friends. And I know that you're in control. I know that you're in control. You're the one that gives the increase. I I want to plant or I want to water. I don't know what I'm doing in my friends' lives. But I know you can give the increase. I know you can increase me. I know you can do it. And you just begin to pray that way. And you just begin to ask God. And all of a sudden, word before world is not just something that you're going through to get a candy bar. But it's the life. It becomes the living bread of God that opens up and feeds your soul. And gives you strength to take another step. And gives you strength to walk back into high school with a good attitude. And saying, I'm going to win my friends. I'm going to win my family. I'm going to take some things for God because I am a soldier of Jesus Christ because I love him because I know he gives the increase because because I know him because I've honored his word and I've felt his presence And I felt his presence. And I felt his increase. And yes, I'm struggling with some things. And I don't know all the answers. But you know what, God? You can give the increase. You can grow my wisdom. You can grow my knowledge. see how it just all of a sudden, and we're only a few verses in. And you've had a good, nice ten minutes of prayer already. And you never thought in your wildest dreams you could pray for ten minutes. Because you're just staring at the wall. Saying, oh, Lord, what do I need to do? What do I need to say? But all of a sudden, God begins to give you the words. And let me tell you, these are tough. I'm, I'm, just, I'm talking about the word before world verses. These are not even the easiest verses to pray. But even in this old dry letter that people think there's nothing there, there's still the power of God because God ordained it to be in His book. And He's laced it with His Spirit. And so even though you don't understand all the deep theology that's in here, you can just say, God, I don't know everything, but I know you can give me something touch me Lord with my life so I just began to get down there and I was just there in my living room and I just began to pray and I could feel the power of God for we are laborers together with God and I'm telling you so you you might have pushed through those first few verses but I mean after you're there and all of a sudden I got to that verse you are laborers together with God We are God's husbandry. I don't even know what husbandry means, but if it's God's, I want to be it. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I think I got a little idea from the context and because I'm an English major, but I'm saying if you don't know what husbandry means, it's not that big a deal because you, you're already feeling the presence of God. You say, Lord, I don't know, but I'm a laborer together with God. I'm partnered with God. Doesn't that sound like God's a pretty good partner? Don't you think God's somebody you want walking alongside you? Right? God, I want you in my life. I want you walking with me. We are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. You're what God's working on. You are God's pride and joy. Say, God, I'll make me that, Lord. Make me that, Lord. I want to be a laborer with you. God, I want to be useful to you. And I just thought what I'm trying to do in your life is just get you connected to the master builder. Just get you connected to God. And I won't do the whole thing. I won't, I don't want to bore you, but I'm just telling you that it works that it works you can get down and you don't even have to have a a big old Bible dictionary there you don't even have to have a commentary there to dig out the deep truths of the word of God but you can just begin to pray and you can just say God I don't understand what all this means uh, but I need you to help me I need you Lord I want to be a laborer with you I want to work for you I want to do what you've called me to do and all of a sudden you begin to remember in AYC when God began to call you and God began to call you out and you gave up some things that maybe now you've picked back up or you made a commitment I'm not going to be involved in this but now school started and you picked it back up and you've remembered you've forgotten that you're a laborer with God that you are God's building that you are God's husbandry that you are God's property and then all of a sudden you remind yourself God I am your property God I my life belongs to you I gave it to you a long time ago I gave it to you it's been a year God I gave my life to you I I knelt down in that arena seat and I said God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. And the presence of God begins to bring that back to you. And you begin to see all the places where you let it go, where you let it go down and then right there you're like, Lord, I'm sorry because I've done that. I'm sorry. And I had to do that last night, young people. God, I'm sorry that I forget that this is your youth group, that I am a laborer with you, that I'm not trying to just put together a bunch of people, but I'm trying to do what you've called me to do. And it's going to take prayer and it's going to take fasting and it's going to take sacrifice and it's going to take real anointing and it's going to take power if we're going to have a move of God it's going to take somebody getting a hold of God Lord forgive me Forgive me that I forgot. Forgive me that I get caught up. And then all of a sudden you begin to think that's what carnal means. That's when you only get a little bit of God. Is when you forget that you are partners with him. And all of a sudden all the verses begin to come alive. And everything that God's beginning to deal with you in this scripture comes alive in your heart. Because you honored God's word. How much more powerful is that? Sitting, staring at a wall saying, God. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me! Oh, I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm not, I'm not making fun of you. I'm, I've been there. I'm just, I'm trying to give you a method, a method for prayer. It's not the only way to pray. Don't, th- don't get me wrong. Don't go home telling your parents, Brother Jared said you can only pray the Bible. No, because there's times when you just got to get off, say your own thing, and tell God really what you need. I'm not, I'm not demeaning that, but I'm saying if you're struggling, because I've been there. I get down to pray, and a thousand things flush through your mind. About what you need to be doing and all the chores you got to do or homework that's coming up or work, whatever it is, it's just weighing on you. But you can begin to pray that word and all of a sudden God begins to give words to your prayer. Words to your prayer. My last point tonight and I'm coming to a close very quickly. Sister Hannah, if you want to help us out. I'm coming to a close very quickly. The last point, that's a method for prayer. The last point is the formula. Of prayer. Oh, that's right. Brother Zach made it in. She's tagged him in. The formula for prayer. I thought about it. Lord, if I could boil down just in that atmosphere when I was just praying the scripture, right? And let me tell you, Brother Isaacson's verse that he gave us, Psalms 119, you talk about an easy chapter to pray. Psalms 119 is easy. So the book of Psalms really is easy to pray because it's written as prayers. I thought that was wonderful. It challenged me. And I hope you do that. I hope no matter what you're doing, a word before world, I hope you flip over to Psalms 119. And I thought it was pretty cool. That other morning I flipped over to Psalms 119, Monday morning right after he challenged us to do that because I couldn't remember the verse. Right? Because I hadn't prayed it yet. He said that's how you're going to remember it. You prayed. I hadn't prayed it yet, so I was having trouble remembering it and I had it underlined and I had written on top a great verse for young people to know and I thought I had I don't know when I wrote that months ago I guess I forgot to share it with you but God remembered and put it in the heart of our pastor and I think it's a good verse for you to know I think it's a good verse for you to pray with my whole heart have I sought thee and there you go right there you can say Lord is that true of me Can I really say this, God, with a straight face? With my whole heart, I have sought thee. And if it's no, then it's, Lord, forgive me and, Lord, help me. Because if I seek you with my whole heart, God, you will not let me wander. from Thy commandments. Don't let me wander. God's going to answer that prayer every time. God's going to answer that prayer every time. pray it with a sincere heart. If you pray it with everything that you have, God's going to answer. So I thought if I could boil this down to one thing that prayer is, one little line that I could give these young people that prayer is, what is it? What is prayer? What is what happens in prayer? What happens to a soul, to a human heart? What happens to a human heart? In prayer, what happens when you begin to pray? And I thought, I really think this is true, that you ask God to take from you the things that you cannot carry and ask Him to give you things that you can carry. It's not just about asking God to take away things from you because really no human really makes it or really feels fulfilled without a little bit of challenge in their life. right? You, you wouldn't want to win the Super Bowl if the other team didn't show up and all you had to do was walk down the field and you were 16-0 and 0 that season but every team forfeited and you never touched the football. This youth group could win the Super Bowl and then the Super Bowl would be meaningless. When does life have any meaning? Right? When does any kind of achievement have any meaning? It's when you face a little opposition and you can stand with your head high and say, I carried what I needed to carry and I did what I needed to do. But you see, the problem with not living for God, the problem with not praying is that you will load down yourself with things that will kill you before you can carry them. that, that will crush you before you can. Gentlemen, listen to me. Because what you load yourself down with Now I'm not talking about the burdens that come from God. I'm not talking about the burdens to reach your school that give your life meaning and purpose to get up every day and say, today I'm going to be a Christian. Today I'm going to witness. I'm talking about the selfishness. I'm talking about the addictions. I'm talking about the lust uh, that puts down on your life and pushes you down until you cannot carry those bad attitudes. You cannot carry that anger. You cannot carry that perversion. It will crush you. And it's not the way to success. In this life or the next life. So you're basically saying, God, I want you to take from me the things that I've loaded myself down with that I cannot carry, and I want you to put something on me that I can carry. And I want you to, and I'm gonna give myself as a personal example. I cannot be the youth pastor in my flesh. I cannot get you all to heaven in my flesh. I cannot put up with staying up all night at the church with stinky feet, right? And just running and craziness and whipped cream everywhere. And I cannot put up with goofing off in youth service and not being, you know, all the stuff that comes along with it. I'm I'm not trying to down anybody. Right. But sometimes it can get annoying if I'm trying to do it in my flesh. It's too big a burden of me to bear because, you know what, I'm human, too. And sometimes I just want to take a break. Sometimes I want to come home on a Wednesday night and not have to worry about what I'm going to preach and not have to worry about that I'm going to stand before God for what I preach on Wednesday nights. Sometimes I want to get home from work and not think about what I got to do to go work again. But then I get back to a prayer room, Brother Tyler, and I say, God, take that burden from me that will kill me, that bitterness that will kill me, and put on a genuine burden from Your Spirit that says, I've got to do everything to reach those young people. That puts that love back in my heart that says, I'm so, it's worth it all. Every time a young person opens up their heart, every time a young person comes to an altar, begins to pray, it's worth it every time. And all of a sudden, a burden that gives my life meaning and purpose beyond what I deserve, that makes me a partner with God, that gets me up every morning, that is the greatest blessing to my life, God replaces the bitterness with a burden. And see, that's something that I can carry. That's something that I can handle, right? You can walk to school and you can worry about what everybody thinks and you can just let yourself just become crazy with peer pressure and trying to fit in. Or you can get down and say, God, I'm tired of worrying about what everybody thinks. Give me a burden for my school so that I walk in with a sense of purpose every day that says I'm here to be a witness. I'm not here to fall down. I'm here to stand up for you. And God switches it out. God changes your mindset, your attitude. Because He takes the burden that you cannot bear and replaces it with one you can. Let's stand together tonight. I want to give you an opportunity to pray. This service has been about prayer. I think it would be kind of silly not to give you an opportunity. But I understand. I understand that it's really going some commitment at home. I understand that you're really going to have to take some time at home to take my word for it and say, I'm going to just try what Brother Jared said. I'm going to just try.